We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. That's Martin Palomo with me today, as he always is. It's our first show of 2023. It's our first show since the holidays. We hope all of you had a great holiday season. A Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, um, all of those things. And we'll get started on uh, 2023 now with another, excited to say, another season of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'll tell you real quick before we go to Martin and he tells you about Pinnacle that I'm coming to you from the um, new and at least in my opinion, improved Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for my buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around or do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. And Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people what's up at uh, Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you all. Yeah, man. Um, man, we are we're geared up for, uh, you know, for another year. Hopefully, this year is uh, not as tumultuous as. 2022 although we are kind of are expecting you know first quarter first half is probably going to be a little bit bumpy um anyway man i think uh you know we're we're in the mode of we did our tax loss harvesting uh at the end of december for our clients uh there's not been a whole lot of opportunities to do that in recent years so you know in years where uh where we cannot generate a positive return across the entire portfolio, one of the best things we can do is uh, generate some tax losses so that folks get benefits, uh, you know, when they're filing taxes. So uh, if you guys that are listening didn't do that or your advisor didn't do it, uh, unfortunately, that ship has sailed uh, for last year, but you could still do some for, uh, you know, for this tax year. But we're kind of gearing up looking at what's the year going to look like, how we're structuring the portfolios, to uh, you know, either play defense at the beginning of the year. Hopefully, we're going to be playing some offense. You know, uh, mid to late year. I'm ready for offense. I'm tired of playing defense. I feel like I feel like uh, our defense has been on the field for you know for the for the for the first three quarters of the game, and and we're worn out. But anyway, um, if you know if you're kind of not sure about what your portfolio looks like, or think that you know it might be helpful to have a hand in uh, in doing the planning piece. Uh, give us a call 601-957-0323 uh, or you can reach us at info at mypinnwealth.com. All right. Uh, there's a number of things we're going to talk about, but you wanted to talk about uh, DeMar Hamlin, the uh, Buffalo Bills safety who was suffered cardiac arrest in the first quarter of uh, the Monday night football game 
in Cincinnati between the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. First, I will tell you, as we record this at 1045 on Thursday, January the 5th, there is great news coming out this morning about DeMar Hamlin. Oh, cool. Uh, first, his uh, teammate, Kair Elam, uh, says, uh, our boy is doing better, awake, and showing more signs of improvement. Thank you, God. Keep the prayers coming. All love to three, which is his jersey number. Yep. Uh, Ian, Ian Rappaport, uh, journalist, tweets, uh, DeMar Hamlin opened his eyes last night and is responsive, truly incredible. Uh, goes on to say, DeMar Hamlin has been gripping the hands of those close to him. Another very positive sign, the Buffalo Bills uh, tweeted, per the physician's Caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We're grateful for the love and support we have received. So, obviously, uh, in, incredible news um, for, uh, for DeMar Hamlin. And uh, for um, for the Bills, for the NFL, for everybody that uh, that he is is making that kind of progress, and the neurologically intact part is um, is amazing and uh, and great news because whenever you are um, undergoing CPR for that period of time, it's um, it's touch and go. The uh, credit, by the way to the Cincinnati Bengals, to uh, their medical team on yeah, site. For sure. They saved they his quick. life. They saved his life. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no way around it. They saved his life. They prevented a uh, a, a horrific outcome, apparently, which is, again, fantastic news because it looked really bad Monday night. And um, credit to them, to the NFL, for being prepared. I was listening to Martin a um, a podcast, and I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. I, I I've been back into running and I, I listen to a lot of stuff when I'm running or walking or whatever. And I can't sometimes remember who did what, but the analogy right. that was made was they put it in a football term. They said, it's kind of like a football team that has a trick play. Okay. It's in the back of their playbook. They don't ever practice it, but every so often in a walkthrough setting without the ball, they'll go, Hey, Let's practice uh, Philly special. And they'll <laughs> run it special. one. They walk through it one time, whatever. And go on, do the next thing. Never call it. And then all of a sudden in the Super Bowl, they go, hey, Philly special. Let's go. Let's go. And you run it with a ball live, full speed, an opponent. And you got to make it work. He said, you know, the NFL for years has had this protocol that they do every Sunday. They talk through, hey, here's what we do if there's a cardiac arrest. Here's what we do. Yeah. And they talk through it, and they practice it in the preseason. They practice the hospital route. They do a CPR on a dummy, the whole deal. But it never happens. Thank God. It never yeah, I mean, they're, these are young, fit, you know, yeah. top elite athletes. Yeah. It Absolutely. never happens. And on Monday night, it happened. Yeah. And – with the whole world watching, literally, the Cincinnati Bengals staff and the Bills staff and the NFL people that were there launched into their protocols and did it flawlessly. Because apparently people have gone back and, for lack of a better term, watched the film and they did it flawlessly. And they saved DeMar Hamlin's life and it is starting to look like he is on his way to at least a, a major recovery, if not a full recovery down the road. He's still critically ill, according to the Bills. But yeah. um, that's fantastic news. And 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 here's the other thing, and I'm going to say it, because, man, I get really down about people sometimes because, I'm going to be honest, I, I, late last year, meaning in 2022, um, criticism started to really get to me. Not when it was legit. Like if you said, "Hey, not," I don't mean. I don't mean like, "Hey, Neil, I think you you're a shitty writer." Okay, <laughs> um, I hate your podcast. Okay, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Um, 
I don't think your work's very good. Okay. The kind of stuff that bothered me was, I don't think you're working very hard. Bugged the hell out of me. Because I knew how hard I was working. Yeah. Or I don't think you're putting any work into recruiting at all. You guys don't cover recruiting at all. And I'm like, God, I just spent hours on recruiting. Um, and then for some reason, you know, I, I do a show with Tyler Siski. It's called McCready and Siski. Um, it's powered by rain, total body fuel. Rain's a part of monster. And we had this competition over the course of the year, um, where the loser had to go to the famous Idaho potato bowl in Boise, Idaho in just a t-shirt. I lost. Wasn't the point. Point was the show was, has been really successful. And the people at Monster picked up the tab on our trip. And not only that, they're like, hey, we want you to go make it a big trip. And so we went to Vegas on a Friday. Wow, that's, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Went so to that Vegas was all a part of the yeah. your Vegas trip. That's awesome. We went to Vegas on a Friday, flew all day Friday. We were in Vegas on Saturday. We went to the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. We went to the Raiders-Patriots game on Sunday. 6 a.m. on Monday, we flew to Boise. Did a show in Boise on Monday. Did a show in Boise on Tuesday, and then I paid up the bet on Tuesday afternoon. And by the end of that trip, Tyler had gotten sick. Um, basically caught, caught the flu is what it boils down to. Um, I was exhausted. And we started getting this, you know, you're not covering recruiting instead you're doing this trip and you took your budget and all you, you, you used your travel budget to, to go to that. You didn't go to the Texas bowl. And for whatever reason, that criticism just sort of pissed me off, but more, it, more than anything, it sort of tuned me out a little bit because it wasn't legit. I mean, monster paid for our trip. They sponsored it. They're like, do a show. We did four shows, four live shows in four days, which is a lot. Dude, did you did you carry your equipment, or did they have equipment for you? No, we carried equipment. Um, oh so my was, god, it was a lot of work. You know, I mean, it was that's a lot, a lot of work, work, man. And and we I did mean, it. moving equipment is a pain in the ass. Yeah, we did it, and it was it was cool. It was fun. And I think Monster was excited about it. I mean, we're still talking to Monster about maybe becoming a bigger part of MPW Digital. Yeah. Um, you know, got to meet a bunch of the Monster people in um in um Boise on that Monday night. They took us to dinner. Um, it was really cool. So it was a lot going on. Anyway, I say all that to say this. I it, I don't think I ended the year on the very best mental note. Um, kind of bugged by that. A lot bugged by it. No kind of to it. I mean, to the point where I mean, I was really re. I'm, I am really reevaluating some things. If I'm to, if I'm completely honest. Um, well, man, if I can if I can jump in real quick just to say, I had tickets offered to me for the Texas bowl in a box for Christopher and I, and we did not go. Yeah. And I as I'm it. sitting at home with my family, I'm kind of looking at Christopher and I'm like, dude, I'm glad we did not. And that was also, we were going to fly Southwest because they have Jackson to Houston yeah. direct. It was a total train wreck yep. for Southwest during that time. And it just, yep. uh, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest, man. Uh, Ole Miss's performance was very um, underwhelming. Well, from a business uh, in the Texas Bowl. From a business standpoint, I had a decision to make on that game. And it was difficult to make it because the Texas Bowl did a remarkably terrible job of communicating with media uh when the because they got the bid on what de December the seventh or eighth, something like that. There was really a two week period where there was no feedback as to okay, here's what the media schedule will look like. So hmm. for me, we got the schedule. And the, the, the first and real only media opportunity in Houston that had any significance was basically at noon on December 26th. So I had two choices. One, I could get to Houston on Christmas Day. I didn't want to do that. Nope. I didn't want to do I've done that before. I've, I've traveled when I covered Auburn uh, as a beat writer in Mobile. I had to travel to Orlando on Christmas Day twice. Um, the first time we were we had just gotten married. I can think of worse places to travel. I can't too, but when you go by yourself. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm picking on you, man. On on Christmas or with Day, you. It's, it's you know, I had to, we were in Birmingham that first Christmas. 
And that afternoon, Laura drove me to the airport and I flew to Birmingham. I mean, I flew to Orlando and I covered the game and I was there for a week. And then a few years later, I drove to Orlando from Mobile. I left, we got up and did Christmas early. I remember our neighbors messing with us because we put our tree, we took everything down Christmas morning, put the tree on the street. So we basically did Christmas a day early. Yeah. Campbell, Campbell was an infant. And I drove to uh I drove to Orlando so that I'd be there the morning of the 26th. Well, I could do that. I could drive to Houston from here. It's nine hours. Oh, it's brutal. Or I could have flown, or I, I thought I could have flown on Christmas Day, which would have meant going to Memphis, getting in the airport, flying down. But Southwest ended up having trouble. And so had I done what I almost did, which was book a flight on the morning of the 26th, I wouldn't have gotten there. Nope. And then here's the truth about what I do because of my audience is Ole Miss people, predominantly, obviously. If Ole Miss wins, they read it. If Ole Miss loses, they don't. Yeah. Well, and dude, it was a and it I was don't, not a very good showing. But I don't know going in whether you're going to win or lose, right? I mean, they don't no, – no, no one says, hey, okay, by the way, while you're making these decisions – the final score will be no, 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 that, that doesn't work like that. So I'm like, you know, the line's like three points. Ole Miss could win. Ole Miss could lose. I don't know. I mean, beats me. And so I didn't go and you get that criticism from people the same. And, and those are some of the same people who criticized early in the year. And I'm, I'm not bitching. I'm, I'm getting to a point at all. Cause people can say what they want to say. I've just got, I've, what I've learned is just don't listen to it. Just ignore it. Go on, which is hard to do. Honestly, but it's what you have to do. You have to ignore it. You have to just let it go in one ear, out the other. Don't see it. Don't read it. Ignore it. But the same people early in the year when I did go to games were like, hey, the postgame show is not as good as it used to be. And you're like, you can't please everyone. But my point is, right. if I'm honest, if I'm honest, I'd... I've lost some faith in humanity. I don't. I don't like people as much as I used to. Um, I don't. <laughs> I respect that. I don't. You know, and and I like don't, I don't, I don't think uh, I think people are mean. I think people are mean, but I'm getting to this. Yeah. Demar Hamlin, when he was playing at Pitt, and when he first started his NFL career, he had a uh, annual toy drive. The original goal of his toy drive to. Uh, raise money to buy kids, to buy, to buy kids, to buy gifts at the holidays for kids in need. Yep. Which is a really cool thing to do. It's something yep. my wife does every year. She is not her, but she's part of a group that every year she adopts a kid at Christmas here locally yep. who doesn't, isn't going to have a Christmas. And she buys that Christmas. And I always think, man, like I always look at her and tell her, that's the coolest thing you do. It's like the nicest thing someone could do because she doesn't get to, she doesn't get to be there on Christmas. Right. Dude, it's, it's legit Santa. You are Santa. You don't get to legit. see, yeah. you don't get to see in this, this year was a little girl. You don't get to see that little girl open those presents. You don't yeah. get the credit for it. You don't get a thank you. You don't get a hug. You don't get the, you don't get to see the smile. You just get to know in your heart that you did it. Yeah. And so Damar Hamlin, when he, which I think is awesome. I do too. And, for DeMar Hamlin, that for that to be his charity tells you a hell of a lot about the young man. Yep. Absolutely. Tells you a lot about this young man. But his charity, his original goal was twenty five hundred dollars. And as of Monday night, he'd not met twenty five hundred dollars. Right. It's almost a million bucks today. Oh, I thought it was up at five point five million. Oh, no, I'm, I'm uh, wrong. I'm wrong. I misread it. I misread it. As of this moment, ten fifty nine AM. DeMar Hamlin's charity goal of $2,500 is at $7.202 million. So dude, yesterday, I think it was yesterday. I heard it was like 5.5. And then this morning I read that, um, forgive me for, I'm going to butcher this. It may be the fanatic site or whatever has been selling tons of number three jerseys. And they said, uh, they're donating all of the profits to his, uh, his toy drive uh, account, which which is going to lop in another, I don't know, couple million dollars probably, which is really cool. 
Um, you know, it is cool to kind of see how folks have come together through this. And then there's some stupidity that has come out of it too. So, Of course. There's, there's always going to be stupidity. There are people that just, that, that troll, that's what they do. Yeah. They just troll. They just troll. They, it, it's, I don't know whether it's my age or whether it's some place where I am in life, but I don't find it funny. And so I just kind of ignore it I, or try to ignore it. I think it's childish. Yep. Um, but whatever. Well, well, man, and I was, you know, we were watching the game Monday night uh, and I generally don't watch, you know, totally being honest. I generally don't watch Monday night football or NFL period. Um, and we were building Legos. Gia and I were building Legos in the living room and we'd been watching, you know, uh, college football all day. And I love college football and the game came on and, and we were watching it and I saw the play, you know, happen. And then I saw him stand up and then I saw him, you know, fall backwards. And I was like, Oh shit, that's a, you know, that's legit. And I didn't, I wasn't thinking concussion, you know, and at first they were saying, uh, you know, the commentators were like, Oh, it's, you know, head to head contact. I didn't see head to head contact at all. And then once everyone kind of surrounded him, I was like, this is, this is an Eric, Christensen moment. This is a Denmark Euros 2020, which I know you and I talked about it on our podcast about, um, you know, Eric Christensen, same scenario, cardiac arrest on the pitch during the Euro 2020. Uh, what was that was summer of, uh, well, summer of 2020. And uh, was it 2020 or 2021? I think or 2022. It, no, it, I'm sorry. It was 2021. Yeah, uh, summer of 2021, because it was a one year of, post. One of the world's one of the world's top defensive players. Is that right? Um, uh, is he mid? He may be midfielder. Yeah, uh, an elite player played in the English Premier League. I think he plays now in. Um, correct. Plays for and Barcelona he, now. Is that right? I don't know. What does it matter? I'm not 100 percent sure on where he. he he's what he's, club he's one, with now. One of the world's top soccer players, and he just collapsed, and they collapsed had to do CPR on the on the on the pitch. And he's had a full recovery. He's back playing again. Um, yeah. He was hospitalized for quite a bit of time. Um, and then he got out. And there was a lot of speculation about what happened to him. Yeah. And there I don't know. No, was it? Was, was it no ever? Contact. No, they've never said. They've no. never said. I didn't which, think they had. Which, of course, is suspicious. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But it is, you know, it does kind of make you wonder. And I realize, like, stuff like this does and can happen. Mm-hmm. But these guys who are elite athletes, I mean, their bodies are in better shape than, you know, 99.9% oh, of look, the he, world. And he, and, plays, and he plays defensive back. NFL defensive backs and wide receivers, their bodies, and I don't mean this in a sexual way, so everybody just chill for a minute. Their bodies are perfect. Yeah. Um, they have basically no body fat other than the body fat that you have to have to like live, they are chiseled. Um, yes. They, they, they are explosive. They are uh, strong. They're fast. They're not so big that they can't move. Um, they're, they look like what you'd love to look like one day of your life walking yeah. down the beach. Just I mean, because dude, you they are love to look like that. Modern day gladiators, man. They are. They're just they're, they they look like what a defensive backs and wide receivers look like what a thoroughbred would look like if the thoroughbred were a human being. We're human. I agree. One hundred percent agree with that. Um, that's they, they look perfect. They, yep. look like an, they look like an NBA shooting guard. They they they're that dude. And so when you see uh, when you see people like that go down, it's so jarring, right? Yes. Um, and it was, it was, it was quite jarring on, on Monday night. And what struck me in the aftermath of it was how quickly the same entity, which is media, the same entity that has gone two and a half years of, well, we can't rush to judgment on stuff, rushed to judgment. Boom. Now they're probably right. Okay. It probably is a freak thing where he took a blow 
right to his heart at the exact moment in his electrical functioning that caused his heart to stop beating. And again, we go back into the, the Bengals and the, and the Bills and the medical people, and they did CPR, and they brought out the – they shocked him on the field. Right. Got his heart back into rhythm. They apparently were able to keep oxygen flowing to his brain. I mean, again, a, a medical victory. Yep. Um, but the same people rushed to judgment. Hey, nothing – there's no reason to talk about what happened. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of reason to talk about what happened. Like, there is every reason to talk about what happened, and that's probably what happened. But before we just say that's it, it's over, let's at least acknowledge that there's been an undercurrent of stuff happening in the last two and a half years to young athletes yep. that is worth exploration, not for political gain. Right. But, I mean, I totally agree with that. But because, look, a lot of young people got the damn shots. Yeah, they did. And there's a rumor that DeMar Hamlin, and I don't know if it's true or not, that DeMar Hamlin was very recently boosted. And if that is the case, then it's worth noting so that medically I mean, you at least explore and rule it out and rule it out and go, that had no role in it. Or for someone right. to go, Hey, it's possible that that had a role in it. Maybe we should slow down with elite athletes at a young age, getting these shots. Maybe they need them. Maybe they don't. To me, that's the relevant conversation. And this is an opportunity. And the fact that it appears certainly good Lord willing that he's going to live that he's going to have a recovery allows us to even more have that conversation because now it's not morbid. Right. Now we get to have a conversation about, Hey, did his status play any role in this? And, right. and I, I'm perfectly cool with the doctors collectively saying after running some tests and talking about it, I them going, Nope, it, it didn't. Or, but wouldn't it be nice to know Medically, not politically, not from a political correct standpoint, not from a socially correct standpoint. Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to know, hey, it didn't have any role or a doctor to get it, it's possible that it played a role because it did whatever with protein spikes or whatever. It made him in that moment more susceptible to a cardiac arrest. I mean, I'm. I think I think it's worthy, especially in the world of the elite athletes, because so we have a client that is um, an NBA player. And and he is on the uh, LeBron. He's on the. <laughs> yes, it's LeBron. We we manage LeBron's family office. Sorry, LeBron. I'm, I just uh, violated my confidentiality uh, agreements. Uh, but we do have an NBA athlete uh, as a client and he's on the. You know, he's a, he's an older athlete. He's on the tail end of his career, still in, you know, fantastic shape. Um, you know, uh, looks like, looks like an elite athlete. And in the last couple seasons, he has not played because, uh, he refused to get, uh, the shot and they would not let him on the squad or near the team, uh, without the shot. And, and look, and he's, he is, he is an outlier. Uh, from a lot of the professional athletes, um, you know, kind of stories. And, you know, a lot of professional athletes make a lot of money. And by the end of their career, they're bankrupt because they spent all of their money. And he did not do that. He he was a, a very good saver of money. So he had the option to say, you know, hey, I don't I'm – not, I'm not getting the shot, but, you know, I don't need the the cash. I have I have cash set aside. So he chose to – to not do that. But, and it was kind of, it kind of baffled me that, um, you know, that, that he was even in that position of, you know, these people are the, you would think are the quintessential picture of health. They are not high risk. Why are you forcing them to do their job, you know, to get, uh, to get the shot. And, you know, and I kind of wonder, and I don't know the answer to this is the NFL the same way. You know, did the NFL say, hey, in order for you to play or be around the team, you have to be, you have to have the shot, you have to be boosted? Well, I don't you know. You read about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you didn't have to, but if you didn't have the shot, you were subject to a different set of rules. You were subject okay. to a different set of. I did not read about Aaron Rodgers. Professional sports, professional sports.
Like I cover a team. I cover Ole Miss. They 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 were one hundred percent, and there was pressure on players to get the shot. Uh, it's across the board. Um, for whatever reason or group of reasons, it's it's uh, it's just something that. And and now no one's willing to back off any of that because to back off you have to admit you were wrong, you have sure. to admit that well you know what looking back, turns out that young people didn't need it. And look, hey, look, there's a possibility. Hold up a second. There's a possibility. It's nothing we need to know. Did Demar Hamlin ever have COVID? Is it possible that something from his infection with COVID may have made him more susceptible? I mean, there's a lot of things that are there without everybody just rushing to, okay, you know, it was it was Komodo, whatever it is. Uh, you know, there's it's a Latin term that that has become vernacular this week um for for his condition the fact is i mean the, the people look at it and go yeah but i watch a lot of football and i see collisions all the time in football right and it doesn't lead to that you don't see college players going into cardiac arrest you don't see nfl players going into cardiac arrest we saw a a a 24 year old incredibly healthy uh, NFL player after a fairly normal NFL play go into cardiac arrest. I don't, I don't think it's unrealistic to say, Hey, I don't think it's unfair to say, Hey, let's a, on one hand, let's hope and pray for his recovery. And on the other yep. hand, at some point, can we dive into what happened here? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And yeah, if, I think I, if I'm football, I want that because look, if 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 my if if I'm a, as a parent watching that, one of my right. first responses is, "You're not playing." Football. My kid's not playing football, right? You know, and I think football is a a very um, you know, I'm going to use the term violent just because of the collisions. A very violent sport relative to sure. others. I mean, soccer is very much a contact sport, even though. Folks don't believe it, um, you know, but it's not intentional contact every play. Um, but, man, there's – I mean, there's gross injuries in both. And, you know, the difference between, I guess, Erickson and uh, and Hamlin is 
you know, Erickson's happened completely isolated. He wasn't hit. It was, he was standing, running with the ball and then, and then he was on the ground, uh, you know, and, and Hamlin's was definitely hit. So I'm, I am curious to know, and it's just for, you know, my curiosity, what, what was the cause of, of Hamlin's cardiac arrest? And I mean, I don't have kids playing football. I, I don't have any more kids playing football, but you know, a lot of times safety precautions come out of, uh, you know, accidents that are unforeseen. I don't know how you put, you know, I know they're trying to do more safety around targeting, uh, you know, helmet to helmet contact. Uh, I don't know how you would do that around, but at least it's a, it's awareness that, you know, and I don't know, did they run medical school? I mean, surely the bills, you know, had very deep medical, um, you know, exams done for Hamlin just to know that he doesn't have a heart defect or, you know, heart disease or anything like that. I'm sure he was a 100% healthy human and it's just weird. It's just a very weird, uh, occurrence and event. And then, you know, people have been opportunistic and I still don't understand and maybe you understand and, and can kind of give a little bit of color to it. But, uh, I guess one of the former NFL player association presidents, which full disclosure, kind of a humble brag. When I was at Cambridge, uh, I managed the NFL's player association's money. So, which, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm a part of this, of this crew. I'm just kidding, but I did manage their money. It was kind of cool. Uh, but I never got to meet anybody other than, than the, the executives that run it. Um, but you know, the, the guy who was a former president kind of came out talking about, you know, players aren't paid enough and that their risk level is really high and there shouldn't be salary caps. And I was kind of, I was like, what, what does this, what does this have to do with Denny Hamlin's, you know, cardiac, I mean, Denny Hamlin, I'm sorry, DeMar Hamlin's, uh, uh, cardiac arrest. It doesn't have anything that I can see, and maybe you can add some color or maybe there's something that I'm totally missing. Look, the NFL, just an opportunistic to stand on a soapbox. The NFL players association and the NFL collectively bargain a labor agreement. Right. Um, you know, they've collectively bargained a labor agreement. That's their agreement. Both sides, both sides agreed, presumably willingly, to the deal. Um, to take this near tragedy. Right. And turn it into big bad ownership. Uh, it just feels stunningly disingenuous. Um, and, yeah. you know, and, and you hear people, I, I know there's a guy out there that says, you know, he, he's, he, he's not, he's not vested. He's only in his second year. He's not vested. He, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I, I, what this, this mentality in our country that ownership is bad. Corporations are bad and that everything should be pro labor. It's, oh, that's the term of socialism. It's illogical. Okay. It doesn't work. Um, and again, the NFLPA collectively bargained an agreement. And when that agreement's up, if they feel so strongly about any particular thing, the leverage that they have is as a union, and they've shown this in the past, they can say, we're not going to play. Yep. Okay. Well, now that's your leverage. And I don't have a problem with that. Now there's there's ramifications. Obviously, if if you don't play, the owners can do one of two things. I mean, if you don't play, you don't get paid. Number one. That's right. Number two, if you don't play, the owners could conceivably replace you with people who do play. They've done that before. They, they had the scab players. I want to say it was 1983. I don't remember the exact year. It's been it's been a minute. Um. Or the owners can say, no, you know what? Uh, we don't like it, but we'll concede a certain degree on this point, And we will collectively bargain a new labor agreement. And the NFLPA is represented by attorneys. Right. They've got people who are aware of the television deals, the streaming deals. They know how much money is in it. 
Um, of course, ownership's going to make money. Yeah, you have to be really rich to own an NFL team. Rich people typically like money. Right. Rich well, and people, you wanna... but those people, all those people em- employ so many people. So there's more to it than just football players. Right. It, it, to answer your well, question, and the dude that was really stupid. And the dude that was talking was saying, and I can't remember what his name was. I, I remember him being the NFL. He was the president of the PA, like 2011, 2012, something like that. And he was like, you know, the owner's risk is capped on whether the team wins or loses. And I was like, 100% that is wrong because the owner has all the risk in the operations of the business. Uh, they have uh, they have the risk in, um, you know, whether the, you know, there's cash flow issues, whether there's opportunities for capital expenditures to invest back into the team. Um, you know, if let's say that they're, let's say that they get into a year where they have collective bargaining that fails and they don't have a season, their expenses don't go away. Well, I mean, look at the money that, that uh, teams lost in the COVID year. Yeah. When they weren't allowed to fill up their stadiums. Correct. Um, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was, was ownership losing tens of millions of, of dollars that they had planned, that they had budgeted. I, I mean, I don't know. It just. Yeah. And then like, but some of the talking heads when this dude was talking and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and they're all, most of them are former players that were talking heads. And uh, I just, it, it became very apparent to me that, you know, just like what you said, there is a huge disconnect in, the understanding of most of the time, uh, the people in the business, whether you're a star salesperson or, you know, or, uh, the stud researcher, and then the entity that owns the business, there are two totally separate types of risk financially for them. And they are not, uh, they are not, not mutually exclusive. Right. Cause I mean, business owners can still, lose money and the payers the players get paid covid year being the yeah example well of that. I mean, many of the players contracts are guaranteed Part, parts of the players contracts are guaranteed and you know you right know when you go into the nfl <laughs> as a player into major league baseball into the nba i presume the nhl i'm not really sure how it works professional soccer whatever the case you you know that there's a certain amount of dues paying that you have to do and that comes with risk right a a major league baseball dansby swanson just signed with the cubs dansby swanson was uh drafted by the diamondbacks they traded him to the atlanta braves he had to give six years of major league service before he could become a free agent well to play in the major leagues for six years you have to be good you have to stay healthy. You've got to put your work in. Um, you got to stay basically out of trouble. You can't get arrested, whatever, generally, et cetera. There's, there's dues that have to be paid. And then right. he became a free agent. And at that point, he had control over his situation. He was able to go to the highest bidder, which in this case turned out to be the Chicago Cubs. And he signed a seven-year contract with the Cubs. And so now he's under contract for seven years with the Cubs at whatever amount of money. It's like 20 to 30, not 30, 20 some, 20 some odd million dollars a year. Right. That's and incredible. You, and it's incredible. But let me tell you the risk. Okay. He signed a seven-year deal. If three years into this deal, players who are performing at his level are making $50 million a year. Well, he doesn't get to go, hey, I, I want to renegotiate my deal. Yeah, he's in it for seven. You signed it. That's your deal. I mean, that, it's just it's labor. It, 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 it's, it's a contract. I mean, I just signed a new contract with rivals. I don't get to go in now, six months later, and go, hey, you know what? I think my percentage should be even higher. They'll say, well, I'll tell you what. When the contract's up, we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it's – I don't see how this is any different. You know, as an NFL player, you have to play for a certain amount of time to become vested. You know that as an NFL player, when you go, when you say, I'm going to play football, you sort of, you sort of, you don't have to sign the 
contract that says it. You just sort of know. I understand that there's risk associated with this game. I yes. could I could blow my my knees, my ankles, my Achilles. I could uh, I could tear a labrum. I could I could break ribs. I could suffer a spinal injury. God forbid. I mean, there are things that could happen that can end my career at any moment. And so that's why no one like I never do it when an NFL player holds out on a contract at the, in preseason and goes, I'm not I'm not showing. Okay, I don't have a problem with it because one of two things is going to happen. His employer is going to go, you know what? We can't win without Bobby. Right. And Bobby's underpaid. So let's call his agent and let's work it out. Or they go, you know what? Screw you, Bobby. We're going to replace you with We're going to replace you with Jimmy over here and you can sit out all year and not get paid. We won't pay you. You won't get paid. You're under contract with us. You can't go play for Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, there you go. You know, we have a structure. And then if as the players association over the course of time, like this happened in Major League Baseball, okay? In Major League Baseball, there became a problem with teams manipulating service time with rookies so that basically they could have con control over a guy for seven years instead of six. Well, it was in the deal and it was kind of, kind of shitty, but it was in the deal and they took advantage of it. And in this new collective bargaining agreement, they've kind of repaired that they fixed it. It became a thing that, they, that mattered to them and baseball players went on strike. They didn't start last season on time. If you remember, yeah, I remember and, yeah. and owners owners having just lost a ton of money to COVID said, you know what? We got to play. You want that? Okay. You got it. So they collectively bargained it into the, into the deal. And that's now not going to happen. Does that suck for the guys that it happened to before? Sure. But that, that happens, man. I mean, again, it just, that's part of it. The, the whole, but what, but what's happened in my field and you see it, this is what, and, and the guy is now in media and he's in media circles is that everything has this, this agenda to it. Everything media has gone from, we report the news and talk about the news and discuss the issues to, no, no, we have a side. We have a yeah. side. I mean, you know, and one of the things that kind of struck me too, and uh, it, it, and immediately I thought of it, and the guy who um, I, I keep beating this guy up, who's the president of the Players Association. But, you know, he was he was saying this is a high risk job, um, you know, and now people are realizing that death is a possibility on the field. They need to be paid more because they're high risk. And I, I was like, that. oh, my God, you know, so do does that mean that we shit on military and police officers because one you player know. one player has no no player has died on the field in 50 some odd years it's 1971 was the last time that a player died on the field yes is it conceivable that you could die on a field look i was in i was in vaught hemingway stadium the day that chucky mullins got hurt yeah and i mean that's that's as close as i've ever seen to a player dying on the field um it can happen you know when you play football that there's a chance. It's one of the reasons that they've legislated the helmet to helmet out as hard as they've tried to legislate it out. Sure. Because and it they, still happens. <laughs> they, but, but it doesn't happen as much. They've, they've made yeah, them no, safer. Right. They've made you're the right. equipment safer. Why? Number one, they want to protect the players. Number two, commercially football knows they can't have a player die on the field. Look yep. at, look at, the 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 woman on the view, Joy is it Bayhart? Uh, th I think that is one of the person's name, but I'm not a hundred percent sure where you're going with that. Well, but. she she's she's turned this into a political thing. That oh, okay. It's it's basically white conservative men that love tackle football. <laughs> uh, to which I want to say, Joy, I think sweet, sweetheart. Every every Tuesday and Thursday in the fall. Um, I take my son to uh, Tupelo for uh, Tupelo football club practice. Okay. They practice um, out at Ballard Park, which yep. is owned by Tupelo Parks and Recreation, best I can tell. Yep. And they've got some fields right across the the parking lot from where he practices soccer is where I will I will call it the Tupelo Youth Football Association. It might have a different name. I don't know. Uh, the American football for a little kid. Yes. 
for yes. little kids. They're, they're, they're working with little guys that appear to be, I don't know, I'd guess eight, nine, 10, 11. Okay. Playing tackle football. Um, Joy, I invite you to come down. I'll take you over there and I'll let you judge whether that's a bunch of white conservative men that are putting their children on the football field or not. Right. The socioeconomics of, of I was, I was about to talk about the socioeconomics of youth football. Joy don't meet your agenda. And that doesn't stop you from parroting your crap on, on, on national television to, to try to make, a near tragic situation, a political thing, but Hey, go for it. I mean, you're, you're dead wrong. I agree. I mean, I agree with that, that she's dead wrong. And, you know, and you look at, you know, you kind of look at, um, a lot of the players in college, uh, you know, and especially, and you hear the stories all the time of, you know, kids coming from broken homes and, you know, our homes that had nothing and, their opportunity to get to college or, you know, even get to the NFL was through football. So I am not ever going to knock any parent that makes a decision for their child saying, Hey, my child is very, very athletically talented. And this is their best shot to, uh, you know, either get to college or, you know, even get beyond, I will never, uh, you know, make a judgment on any parent or, or person for, for, for making that decision. But if you look at, you know, and you look at even college football, um, you know, I would say it is, it is not predominantly white for sure. Uh, so I, I think she's very wrong. And I, you look at fan bases. Isn't it incredible that nobody will challenge people like this? Because that, that's, I guess what we're saying right now is politically incorrect, even though it's just a statement, it's just a fact. It's not, it has nothing. Nobody, nobody is, I mean, seven point, what did we say? $7.6 million to his charity. Oh, to his, tr- yeah, his, his I mean, charity. $7.6 million. Dollars. I mean, I mean, I mean, are we, are we, are, are we to assume that, that there are no white conservative men who gave to that charity? I mean, what is joy saying that we need to ban football because it's, it's a sport that, that white conservative men enjoy. Is that what we're getting at? I mean, what are we, what are we, what are we trying to do? Why the overreaction to everything? Why is everything politicized? This wasn't political. He didn't, he doesn't play for the Buffalo Bills because he is black or because he, he plays because he's damn good. I mean, the NFL, frankly, Martin, professional sports on the playing field is the ultimate meritocracy. The people that uh, own yeah, the Buffalo I, the people that own the Buffalo Bills, the people that run the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen doesn't play quarterback for him for them because he's white. Any more than Patrick Mahomes plays quarterback for Kansas City because he's black. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. No, you play because they you're you're good. You're good. Yep. You give them a chance to win. Yep. That's it. And and they would go with an all-white team, an all-black team. They'd play an all-female team. They don't care about your sexuality. They don't care about your political leanings. They don't care about your view on abortion or gun control. No, no, can you win? Can you help us win? In many ways, that's what makes sports awesome. Uh, yeah, you're spot on about that, man. I mean, this is unlike corporate America, where now, you know, like, hey, you, you know, we, we got to hire a certain number of this. We got we to gotta make sure that we do a certain diversity training here. And we got to make sure that we interview enough and we got to have quotas. No, no, not in, not, not in pro sports. No, no, no. Dansby Swanson did not get 170 some odd million dollars from the Chicago Cubs because he's white. No, sir. That's not why. Any more than the reason that Raphael Devers just got $330 million from the Boston Red Sox is because. He he's he's Dominican. Dominican, yeah. No, no, no. That ain't it. They don't care. They the Red Sox gave Rafael Devers that money for a number of reasons. One, he he has more extra base hits than anybody else in Major League Baseball since 2019. Number two, he's left-handed at the plate. He's an elite defender. Uh, he's young. He's 26. He's he he's a five-tool player, and he's become the face of the franchise. And and had they let him walk away, the fans were going to revolt. So that's why it had nothing to do with the way he, his skin color. It had nothing to do with anything. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's, it's why sports are great. Frankly, it's why sports are awesome. Yeah. 
Look, I, I, LeBron I, James is. I think LeBron James is not who he is today because he's black. Yeah, it's because he was phenomenal. Larry Bird wasn't who he was because he was white. Larry Bird was just he was a, he was a, he was a killer. I mean, no one he cares. Was a killer. When you watch Three when points. you when you watch sports, you don't. It's the, it's the one place. It's the one place really that I can think of in our society where we don't we don't really. You might start out seeing color, but by the end of a game. You yeah, it's watch, best man up. You don't watch Bengals, uh, Bengals Bills, and go. Ah, you know, it's a shame they have two white quarterbacks. Any more than you were to watch Cowboys Ravens and go. Oh, it's a shame there's two black quarterbacks. No, you just watch them and you're like, can can Dak make it happen on this play? Probably not. Like, oh God, they get, oh oh man, they he's going to throw it to the other team. They left Lamar <laughs> with a minute thirty to go. He's that's too much time to leave him. We I mean, and you know and what I'm dude, saying? Can we talk about? I mean, I know we're almost out of time, but like. The bowl season, uh, especially as we got post Christmas bowl games, yeah, you know, and you're talking about teams. Uh, that was that was the most fun I have ever had watching college football. Was the, the semifinal games? Well, I mean, yes, those were good too. But even the Tulane, oh, uh, you know, game. the Tulane game was phenomenal, man. I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, this this was great football, uh, and you know, it, it, there was so much good, good stuff happening. In, in college football, and you know, and you know, even when you're talking about, you know, Lamar, you give Lamar Jackson a minute and a half. I mean, shit, there was a bunch of college quarterbacks given less time than that, and they pulled rabbits out of hats. And I was like, man, this is this is so much fun. I mean, I it's, tell you what, it's why we love first. Sports. Yeah, it's the first year I. It is the first year I, where I watched both semifinals, and I was like, you know, edge of my seat the entire time. They were great. They yeah. were great. It's it's well, it's why Monday night. The, I mean, look, it would have still been a significant story had this happened on a Sunday game at, at 1 o'clock. But this happened on a Monday night yeah. of a federal holiday. Yep. Right before everybody goes back to work and school the next day. Yep. It happened in the first quarter of a highly publicized, highly anticipated football game that was kind yep. of the cap off to the holidays. A great, yep. And, and a great ball season. And it came right after the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl was kind of a blowout, and everybody had flipped over to watch Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Josh Allen and the Bills, these two exciting, fun teams, both of them are Super Bowl contenders, playing for the first time against each other, Burrow and, and Allen. Kind of the passing of a torch, right? We just got through watching Tom Brady and Jordan, Aaron Rodgers at the end of their careers. And now we got these young guys that are coming in, Mahomes and, and Allen and Burrow and these cats. And we're like, okay, passing the torch. Here we go. Yep. And these two guys and everybody's watching. And then that happens. That's, I mean, captivated the country. But for, I, we, we've covered it. It just, there, you know, I mean, and look, for the most part, goods come out of it. Yeah, I think so and, too, and, man. And it appears that it appears again, everything is pointing towards the best resolution possible. But you also got to see a lot of stuff about what frustrates me about my field and social media and and the the if you if you have a question you're a bad person. I know if you have a question it just means you have a question. And you know, and one of the cool things I know we kind of talked about a little bit pre-show was uh you know, religion is definitely one of those I guess kind of um things that the media doesn't talk about. And I guess it's one of those, maybe it's you're taught in school, uh, you know, avoid religious topics on the air or something like that. I have no idea. Uh, I know in general conversation, most people try to avoid talking religion, but uh, a lot of, there was a lot of folks that were, you know, uh, the talking heads on media. They just didn't, they, at, at that point, they didn't care about what they were supposed to do. And there was lots of, I mean, I saw on air prayer, Dan or Dan Orlovsky on yes. ESPN, on ESPN. Yes, that's what I'm talking about on ESPN. Yeah, Dan said a prayer on ESPN. Yeah, and I, I thought to myself, two years ago, if Dan Orlovsky had said a prayer on ESPN, would he have still been employed the next day? It's a good question. Like, did and 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 hey, look, I'm not as it, you and I, I think are on the same page here as it pertains to spirituality and whatnot. I'm pretty private. But I have no problem with Dan Orlovsky doing that. In fact, I thought it was, I thought it showed 
some of what we were just talking about, right? Yeah. Because we're told all the time in our society how much we all hate each other. Yeah. We're, we're told how divisive we are, that you, you can't have different views on something that, you know, everything is black and white. And when I say that, I don't mean race color. I don't mean race. Right. I mean, everything is clear or not. Everything's yep. on one side or the other. There's never any, yep. you know, there's never any, what's the word? Just, you know, we're, Hey, you and me don't see this eye to eye on everything. And yet no, that's all right. Don't, we don't have the same background. We don't no. look exactly the same. No, um, I'm Cuban, man. Yeah, and 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 we're good friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say and, we're good friends. Yeah, and so you know, and and we're we're taught as a society, especially since COVID, especially since Trump, yeah, 2020, and all of that, we're we're told how much we all hate each other and how good versus bad, Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal, all this stuff. And yet, in that moment. Um, a former NFL player who happens to be white just stopped in the middle of a broadcast and said, not only are we going to talk about our thoughts and prayers, we're going to give our prayers right yeah. here. He's like, and I'm about to do it. And and the two people with him, one was a, a white female and one yep. was a, a black male who also used to play in the NFL. Yep. They bowed their heads and participated in the prayer. And I thought yeah. it, it made me tear up. I thought I, mean, I thought it was like really touching when they're praying for this um, young black man. Who yeah, and I also think that that sh also shows that you know people think that money, prestige, uh, whatever gets you whatever you want. You know, and the NFL is a perfect example of money, power, and prestige. And in this situation, no amount of money and power and prestige was going to fix Hamlin's situation. There was only one entity if you're spiritually uh if, if you're a spiritual person that has that power mm -hmm. and you know and everyone was like hey you know let's ask god to work a miracle here it wasn't you know it wasn't hey let's ask uh you know the bar or let's ask the you know uh i don't know the golf course or let's ask whatever a lot you know, people spend their sundays you know let's ask the that place to to heal hamlin no it's like Dude, everyone, you know, we never talk about it, but then in, in that minute, it's like everyone immediately went, God, you know, uh, you're the one with all the power. We don't have any power, you know, heal this, heal this young man. I was like, damn, that is, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. I thought it was too. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I mean, again, it looks positive. Everything sounds positive. My hope is that when the Super Bowl is played, it's this great American holiday. Truth is, it's yeah. it's the one holiday outside of the Fourth of July that is that is uniquely ours. America, America, yeah. And it's cool. <laughs> and I don't care what anybody says. It's cool, right? Right. We light up our grills and we yeah we get you the know, crock pot out and we pour a bunch of stuff and we eat like stupid and we yep. everybody gets a bunch of beer and, and you just have a good time and you watch the game. And my hope, my hope is that before that game, uh, two things, if the bills aren't in it, um, and even if they are, my, my hope is that DeMar Hamlin's there. Yeah. That my would be cool. Is that my hope is that they can bring out the medical people who responded that night. Oh, dude, that would be let, cool. And let them have about a 30 minute standing ovation. And then for those who want to have a prayer, have it. And if yeah. you don't, it's okay. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. It, it, it's, it's, it's not going to force you to do it. And just, we can all like take that moment maybe and look around and go, you know what? We don't all hate each other the way that we're told that we do. No, we don't. And I think it takes extreme things to happen to remind us that we are all the same water filled flesh packs. Yep. that the other person is there's nothing that makes me any more any more or less special than Damar Hamlin. Yeah, you know, we have two different jobs. He's an elite athlete, I'm elite financial advisor. We will probably never run into each other. I'm not man, elite at anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I, took, I, mean, I took that opportunity to yeah, compare I'm myself a, to to Damar Hamlin. So I am a stunningly average person i've well, i've decided that i i am i look around and i'm like you know i'm not i'm an elite financial advisor i'm not great at this i'm not shitty at it i'm just kind of in the middle 
Like, what would you give yourself a five? Give myself like a five. Nah, Bill, I get, I give you more than a five. I'm gonna give myself a, I'm gonna give myself a seven and a half, because I think I'm better than average. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. I may be a nine. I may be getting a little bit egotistical here, <laughs> but uh, but dude, yeah, I mean, we're dude, we put our pants on the same way. You know, we came into this world naked, and we're gonna leave this world naked. And you know, but it, it does kind of, t- you know, nine eleven was another one of those moments for me that was like oh my god we are we are all one human yeah you know and essentially kind of one consciousness you know experiencing each other i guess subjectively in our own way we're all the same we just look a little goofier than other people yeah for sure um all right we'll wrap it there it's fun yeah i know we've done a long show but it was was Well, you know, we'll come back next week. We'll get into some of the financial stuff next week about things you need to be looking to do now that we're in a new year. It'll yeah. only- and we can kind of do a year in review of last year too. Um, talk about what happened in markets last year as well. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. We'll look. We'll look back a little bit. Look ahead uh, next week on another edition of Mind of My Money, brought to you by Pinnacle. Don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com. M Y P I N N wealth.com. Thanks for uh, making us part of your week. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for letting us kind of go off on a tangent today. It was kind of fun, at least for us. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. It's, uh, again, mypinwealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. Until next week, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.